Welcome to the very first Parenting with Play podcast. I am so pleased you're here. I'm Helena Mooney. And in today's episode, I'm going to give you a background about the approach that I advocate because I'm an aware parenting instructor and a parenting by connection instructor. So I just want to give you background to both organizations there and a little bit of intro about me. I'm Helena Mooney, and if you're wanting practical, respectful, and effective strategies to help transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. So welcome. I am so pleased that you're here. Now, I live in Sydney, Australia. I'm originally from England, and I live here with my two children, hubby and various animals. And I have trained with hand-in-hand parenting in the US to become a parenting by connection instructor. And I've also trained with Marion Rose here in Australia to become an aware parenting instructor. So Aware Parenting was created by Aletha Salter um, and she founded the Aware Parenting Institute. She's based in the US, as is Patty Whitfler, who founded Hand in Hand Parenting around similar times. Both are incredible women and organisations and they've written so many fantastic books. Any book by either Patty Whitfler or Aletha Salter, I highly, highly recommend. Now, both Aware Parenting and Hand in Hand Parenting are very similar in their approach, although there are differences, but they're both based on attachment theory and are about meeting the emotional needs of babies, children and, crucially, parents, because we don't parent in isolation. We parent with our own emotions, often driving our behaviour. And I love both of these approaches because they both recognize the importance of our feelings, of our emotions as parents, and how can we best support parents to then best support their children. One of the most important determining factors in how we treat children is how we essentially view them. In traditional Western paradigms, Children were viewed as essentially bad or sinful to start off with. And the view was that we need to use increasingly harsh discipline methods to civilise children, to teach them to be good, cooperative and loving. And if you view children in that way, then you're going to really focus on teaching them how to behave. So you're going to view their naughty behaviour as a sign that they haven't learnt the lesson properly. They haven't understood it, so we need to make it easy for them to understand. And then if they're still not adhering to the rules of being civilized, then we need to punish them. They need to learn that that behavior is not acceptable. And so we need to punish them so that they learn not to do that. Hence, spare the rod, spoil the child viewpoint, which although now the research is so clear on the negative impacts on smacking, and we know that that's not good for children, but that viewpoint is still very prevalent today with punishments for transgressions or naughty behaviour and rewards for good behaviour. Now, the other approach, hand-in-hand aware parenting approach, views children as essentially good, loving and cooperative as their baseline And so when they're not behaving in that way, we can view that as off-track behaviour, i.e. they're deviating from their beautiful, gorgeous selves. And if they're deviating from their lovely selves, there must be a reason why. And so this is something I'm going to be continually talking about in all the podcasts in that there's always a valid reason why your child is behaving and reacting the way they are. So if we view children as essentially good and loving rather than bad and needing to be civilised, that changes our whole approach to helping children with their behaviour. 
we can look on them more kindly. We can look on them going, well, try to understand, well, why are they behaving this way? Because if we think that they're, if we view traditional naughty behavior as simply off track, all we need to do then is go, okay, how do I help my child come back on track in behavior rather than viewing it as good or as bad as sort of black and white like that we go okay there something's happening that's causing them to lash out or be uncooperative or be just annoying what is causing them to do that and then what is it that they need now there's key reasons why your children are behaving that way and key needs that they have. And four key needs that particularly Aletha Salter has um, identified is a need for more information about the situation, such as you can draw on the paper, but you can't draw on the walls, a need for autonomy. And even though we're all designed to cooperate within our family structures or communities, it's still so important for each of us to have a sense of individual identity, a sense of agency, a sense of self-determination. And for those of you currently with toddlers, this is very key because you've gone from your beautiful baby in arms to now a rambunctious toddler who's saying no a lot of the time and is getting frustrated when you say no to them. So it's so important that children have a sense of agency over their own bodies. They also have a need. We also all have a need for connection, hence parenting by connection. And we'll go so much more into detail about the next in the next episode about what's going on in your child's brain and how you can help them to feel that sense of connection. Because sometimes, well, often when they're behaving in really challenging ways, they sort of can't, they can't feel your love. They can't feel connected to you or appropriate loving adult and something's happening to them and we need to help them to re-feel, remember that, you know, you love them, they love you, and you have this beautiful connection together. The final main reason or need is a need for emotional release of upset feelings. And this is probably new to you because you probably do the first three really well. You probably, I'm sure you explain to your child why they can or cannot do something. I'm sure you offer them opportunities to choose where where they where possible, such as like a red or blue shirt or dress or, you know, plaid colour or whatever it is. You know, you give them opportunities to have a sense of autonomy. And I'm sure you're super aware, well, you are because you're listening to parenting podcasts, about strengthening the bond that you two have. We know bonding and attachment is super, super important, particularly for young children, but for all of us. But it's the last one that I'm wondering might be new to you, or even if you are sort of sort of sort of aware of it, it's often challenging to do. It's often challenging to be with our children to help them have an emotional release of upset feelings. And the way that we help our children or that children offload upset feelings, as do we as adults, and we need this as much as children too, is crying and laughing. Now, there are other ways such as trembling and tantrums and sweating and, you know, really, it can be a really physical thing. Um, thing to offload our upset feelings. But the two that I'm going to focus on just for this episode in particular are crying and laughing. Now, you will know what it's like to cry, sob your little heart out with a good friend. And I hope you do because it's such an important thing. We can't keep carrying stress all the time. We know that it's not healthy, particularly for, say, men in our society, to bottle everything up. We all need an outlet to let it out and we need a healthy outlet to let it out because when we don't, then that turns to aggressive behavior. It, it turns to internalizing huge amounts of anxiety. We all need a way to let it out. And we ideally, the best way to let it out is with another person. 
So crying, when you've cried with a friend, you feel so amazing afterwards, don't you? You just feel this sense of relief, often mental clarity. You feel so good, you know, warm and loving to the person who's actually bothered to stay with you while you're really upset and sobbing away. And it always ends and you feel lighter and brighter and able to cope with the world again. And that's exactly what our children need. They need to be able to cry with you. I mean, and children and babies do it so spontaneously and beautifully. They just let it all out, don't they? Um, Sometimes like, oh my God, this is too much. But they have this really inbuilt stress release mechanism, which is crying. And they do it and tantruming as they get older. And our role as parents is to help them with that emotional release. Because when we know that they can release these upset feelings, which is what's driving them the challenging behavior, when they can release those feelings and they come back on track and they return to being your beautiful, loving, cooperative, gorgeous little child again. So crying is fantastic. And we will talk a lot about crying in these episodes. But laughing is also brilliant. And laughing and crying often work together. You know, you've probably, when you've had a big cry, you've laughed at some points, laughed at the end. It's such an, and laughing can often lead to crying. They're so interwoven. And when our children can laugh freely with us and cry freely with us, they're less likely to carry an accumulation of upset feelings and it can be like everyday stresses or it can be particularly traumatic events. Either one, both laughing and crying with you really, really help. So I'm really passionate about helping parents understand the benefits of our children and babies laughing and crying with us because when I first started, I just could not understand why my baby was crying so much because I thought I was meeting all of her needs. Now, Emily was born in about 2000, well, not in about, she was born in 2008. And when I first started as a parent, when I was reading loads of books when I was pregnant, as you do, and I really resonated with the attachment parenting approach. And uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to do everything right I'm just going to nail this. It really can't be that hard. Okay. So I tried to have as gentle and normal uh, birth as possible in water. I was breastfeeding on demand. I was breastfeeding to sleep. I was carrying her in the sling all the time. Um, We were co-sleeping. I was basically trying to do everything right so that she would not have a need to cry because I used to view crying either as a form of communication in that I've obviously failed to read earlier cues. So now she's just, she's got to the end of the tether and she's now crying. Or I would view it in a really negative light because I was very clear that I did not want to do the cried out or controlled crying approach to help her to sleep. So because I was clear about that, I then viewed pretty much all crying in a negative light. So I was doing everything to stop her from crying and thought I was meeting all of her attachment needs. But the reality was... She was um, she was taking ages to go to sleep, even though I was feeding her all the time. She was wakeful throughout the night. She cried a lot of the time. She didn't like being put down. Um, and uh, when she got a bit older, she started hitting me. So I was going, this is really a disaster. Well, not quite, but I was exhausted and I was going, I just don't get it. I don't understand why when I'm meant to be doing everything right, 
it's all feeling quite wrong. And when Emily was about 10 months, um, a friend told me about Wear Parenting and about this amazing woman called Marion Rose, who has subsequently gone on to become my great mentor and really good friend. And you will hear several episodes with her in upcoming podcasts because she's amazing. So I had consultations with her and what she really helped me to see was that children, as I've just gone through, have various needs. And when often you meet all of their physical needs, there's an emotional need that is missing. And that is for emotional release because it's stressful for babies and young children and for us. Um, even though it doesn't seem like it's stressful at the time, you're going, I'm carrying you, I'm you know, feeding you all the time, I'm cooing after you. What have you possibly got to get upset about? But there are a myriad of things for babies and children get to get upset about. And when we can recognise that there are things and it's really valid for them to have a cry and we haven't done anything wrong we're not missing stuff. It's just a real actual need of all of us to have this emotional outlet for the stress that we accumulate. And when our children can do that, then they're just, they're beautiful. They sleep better. They're more cooperative. They're more loving. They're kinder to their siblings. They don't hit you so much. Um, and when we have an emotional outlet, then we're kinder to our partners, our friends. We can listen to our children. We can attend to their needs. We can be so in tune with our feelings and with our children's feelings. And it just makes life so much better. So once I got the concept about crying and how important that was, I really was able to then listen to my child crying, my baby, my toddler crying. And it really set things up really well as she went into the more toddler rambunctious stages and the tantrums inevitably came I could view that okay she needs to do this and even though I was feeling a bit weird about it because I was never listened to in this way as a child and not so much as an adult um, until I now start asking for it and have met other people who are comfortable with feelings I really just focus, I just was trying to be there as much as I can. Okay, okay, this is normal. It's fine. I'm just going to listen. Um, and it was a bit later on that I then really found out about the power of play because I was. it was sort of quite serious and I was going, okay, I'm going to listen to crying. Let's get crying. And I didn't realise how powerful play was until a little while later on. And then it just opened up this whole other world of fun, a great way to connect with our children, a great way for them to release stress, a great way for us to release stress. It works so beautifully. And because play can be so simple and you would be doing a lot of the games that we're going to be talking about instinctively. And what I'm now so passionate about is helping parents understand about the power of our children crying with us and also the power of simple, fun easy games to play that can help your children in specific stressful situations and just with general behavior overall. Now, a fantastic book that I highly recommend is Larry Cohen's Playful Parenting book. He is brilliant and he's worked a lot with Patty Whipfler as well. And so he's very much attuned to children needing that emotional release and how to help children uh, with play, but also coupled with um, emotional crying release too of upset feelings. Um, Aletha Salter has written Attachment Playbook and Patty Whitfler has written Listen, which includes so much about play listening, which is what Patty Whitfler calls it. So I highly recommend all three books and I will be referring to them and the games um, throughout the podcast series. Now, if I had not founded this approach, 
I'm really not quite sure what I would be like as a parent. I would be way more shouty, angry and frustrated because I wouldn't understand what was actually going on for my children. I wouldn't understand the emotional needs that they have. And I wouldn't really recognize my emotional needs as well. I would have used punishments more, rewards, I'd have lashed out more. But because I now know why my children are behaving in those ways, and I now have the tools and strategies and understanding of what they actually need instead, it makes life so much easier. Now, I can still be angry and shouty and a bit frustrated at times. And, you know, that is inevitable. We're never going to get, we're never going to be perfect. We're never not going to have upset feelings or stressful feelings. But I've also now learned, and which I'll be sharing with you, ways to manage my triggers a lot better. And there's really specific ways that you can do that. So I'm super passionate about sharing all of this with you um, because parenting is hard. I really thought I was going to nail it. I was going to be sorted. And I I wasn't and I didn't. And, um, you know, it's not hard all the time, isn't it? There's times when it's just incredibly beautiful and wonderful. And then there's also the challenging times. And for us, my husband and I, my husband's Irish, I'm English. We live in Sydney, Australia. We had no family support at all, which is hard on many levels, but also good because it allowed me to expand and look out about how I actually wanted to parent and question things a bit more. Um, But it's meant that I've needed to draw on other people and other resources to really um, determine how I wanted to parent, how I, Helena Mooney, wanted to choose how to parent my children. And um, I just, it's just so wonderful that this approach has been developed and been used for years and thousands of people around the world. And um, I'm really pleased to bring it to you. I then had, so Emily was born in 2008 and then I had my son in 2014. And by that time, I was qualified as a web parenting instructor and a parenting by connection instructor. I'd had, you know, tons of experience with my own child and and supporting other parents. And so I could really use this approach from the very beginning with my own son. And it's made an enormous difference. Now, he's not perfect. I'm not perfect. My daughter's not perfect. But having this understanding and these tools has made difficult situations so much easier to navigate. And um, from from birth through to now I've got a 10 and she's nearly 11. So those early years, I really know how amazing it is. And I really love sharing this and hearing clients come back saying, wow, this has completely changed my mindset. This has changed how I'm going to do things. And I can understand my child so much better. And I feel more connected to my child as well, because we, it's lovely and easy to be connected with our children when things are great, but when things are hard, that's when the connection is needed even more. So I'm so pleased you're here. I really hope you enjoy these podcasts. Um, there'll be some from me, many um, interviews with Marion and fellow instructors and other parents around the world. So the more that we talk about the hard times and what we can do to get through it, the more normal our children's behavior is, the more normal our reactions become. And it just makes life so much easier. So welcome again to Parenting with Play. And I really look forward to speaking with you in coming weeks. Okay, bye for now. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released. And I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, 
Head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing.